until the 2024 Senior Bowl. That means draft season is in full swing, and that means you are listening to Matt Hicks, the FF Educator, joined, as always, by John Lobb, the Gridiron Scholar. John, this running back class has been kicked around. It's been (laughs) degraded. And you know what? Quite frankly, we have contributed to that. But I got to tell you, John, watching the tape, and we did, we dug into the tape, of, of all the guys here that we're going to talk about, every senior bowl running back, watching the tape, John, I am convinced that in our fantasy football landscape, I'm going to say at least three, if not more of these guys, are going to be contributing as, you know, in your running back two slot, in your flex spot. They're going to be critical bench depth pieces. And, John, there are at least two guys that I think – can be legitimate, sustained fantasy football contributors from this episode. So I'm excited to get into the class, and I wasn't sure I was going to say that when I started watching these running backs. Are you feeling similarly? I agree with you, Matt, in many ways. And I think I've taken away two big lessons from this year. And one of them is Isaiah Pacheco. And understand what you're watching on film. He's a physical football player from Rutgers. He wasn't on the highest of radars. Not like he was a 1,500-yard back, but look it. He's blossoming under the Chiefs. And then Kyren Williams. You and I were on Kyren Williams. We loved him. But I have to admit, those athletic scores scared me when I saw them come out. So I kind of backed off. I looked back. I had him in the top 12. But it wasn't like I was saying, go get Kyren Williams. But as I was thinking, Matt, a lot about it, they're both football players. And I use that in the most positive way. There is an ineffable quality to being a football player at a certain position. I think this class, these nine backs, are football players. Now, likely only two or three of them will make an impact on our fantasy rosters in the near future. But let's find those for our viewers, Matt. Let's go ahead and do that, John. And that's what we're doing on the Rookie Big Board 365 days a year. But no time, no time is better than right now to get in on the resources available over at patreon.com slash rookie big board. John, we have up-to-date rookie rankings over 50 player evaluations already logged. Every player we're going to talk about, you can go into the rookie big board. Uh, on this episode, you can go in and see their full film breakdown, their full uh, profile that's already built out for you. We just imported the 2027 Devi class. We already got the freshmen. Those Devi rankings are directly comparable to Dynasty and Rookie rankings. And of course, the Rookie Big Board Discord with that personalized advice. So the link to join will be in the episode description, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening. And John, we're not going to bury the lead. At least I'm not burying the lead. The guy that we're going to talk about first is the guy that I haven't been able to stop talking about since I watched his tape. That is Cody Schrader, the running back out of Mizzou. John, he's the cover. He's the thumbnail of this episode, and he is 
finding himself in the top five of the running back uh, position in the rookie big board rankings. Matt, you like him even more than I do, but I have him in the top 10. And I think he's got a role in the NFL. At 5'9 and 214 pounds, Matt, Cody Strader wasn't getting a lot of attention from major schools after playing linebacker and running back in high school. So he ended up playing for Truman State from 2018 to 2021. And that is obviously at a Division II level. He played at the Great Lakes Valley Conference. And he was the co-offensive player of the year in 2021. Matt, he led all of Division II in rushing yards, and he scored 24 touchdowns. What's impressive to me is he decided to walk on at the Missouri football team in 2022, Matt, he didn't even have a scholarship. And as a walk-on in the SEC, he led the Tigers in rushing with 746 yards and nine touchdowns. He came back last year and he captured the Burlesworth Trophy, which goes to the outstanding walk-on in the nation. And Matt, this is what blows my mind. He led the SEC in rushing with 1,627 yards. He also scored 14 times on the ground. He caught 22 passes for 191 yards. He was first-team All-American and Doak Walker finalist. I watched a bunch of Missouri games this year. Matt, every time I saw him with the ball in his hand, he was doing something with it. He was making plays. He's a football player. I like Schrader a lot. Matt, what does your film study say? Yeah, I got to tell you, Schrader really popped out on film. You know, it's clear right off the bat that he's a decisive runner. You know, John, vision is something it translates from level to level. It translates from high school to college to the pros. It translates from Division II to, to the SEC. And you would think that a guy who spent most of his career playing a Division II uh, would, would lack confidence running, you know, in the SEC. But, John, he's decisive. He sees the hole. He hits the hole. And he is slippery, man. You see some small gaps. He pops out through the other side. And he's got that second gear to his game, downfield acceleration. I love the way he sees cutback lanes, John. He's got a very nice feel for the field. And, John, as an extension, you know, He's explosive in the passing game as well. You know, he he gets yeah. those yak yards. He holds up in pass protection. For me, there's really not anything Cody Schrader doesn't do well. Now, will he get the draft capital this year? Possibly not. Most of these guys we're talking about today won't, right? But if he, if he slid into the back end of uh, day two, it would not shock me one bit. I think Cody Schrader, he's the type of running back where if he finds himself in a 200-volume role, either right off the bat or through injury, He's going to be a legitimate top 20 uh, fantasy football running back. I even think that he has running back one, you know, top 12 running back upside to him. I'm going to be targeting Cody Schrader in the third round all day in my rookie drafts. And if I leave with 100% exposure, it won't be enough. I'm high on this guy. (laughs) John, uh, somebody who the more consensus uh, high opinion on, and I'm with them too. I I don't want it to sound like I'm not in on it. That's Ray Davis, the running back out of Kentucky. And Ray Davis has an excellent backstory. And it's, it's that plus his film, it's getting a lot of people excited for him. Matt, there's a lot of reasons to be excited for this young man who's 5'9 and 215 pounds. 
He has been in college football for a long time, since 2019. And I've seen him probably in over 20 games throughout his career. He played running back and defensive back in high school. And what I like about his background, Matt, he was diverse in his athletic skills. He played basketball, baseball, and track and field. In 2019, he earned a varsity letter at Temple. He was named first-team freshman All-American by PFF, and he rushed for 936 yards and eight touchdowns immediately at the college level. The next campaign, he only played in four games for the Owls. Then he decided to transfer to Vanderbilt, and he suited up for three contests after before suffering a knee injury. Finally, in 2022, he was healthy, and he scampered for over 1,000 yards, and he caught 29 passes for 169 yards and eight scores. Once again, Matt, he transfers schools, and he moves from Vanderbilt, a lower-level SEC team, to more of the middle, the Kentucky Wildcats. And last year, he earned second-team All-SEC after rushing for 1,000 yards again. He had 1,129 on 199 carries. But here's what's most impressive in my book, Matt. He had 33 catches for 323 yards and 21 touchdowns. You look on the screen in front of you. He ends his career with 94 receptions, Matt. That's a really nice, healthy number. He also dominated the scrimmage yards for the Wildcats this year with a 33 percentile. He can handle the load. And this number, I was pleasantly surprised, Matt. He had 31 runs over 10 yards. He's more explosive than you think. Matt, what's your film study say about Ray Davis? I like Ray Davis a lot. I definitely came away impressed with him. You know, I think he's a tenacious runner. He's got good lower body strength. I do think when you're looking at Ray Davis, you're going to be looking at a player who's primarily going to work in between the tackles at the next level. Uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. He's subtle no. in tight space, and you can see him shake a defender. And, John, you mentioned the that explosive playability. I think where you really see that with Ray Davis is once he gets to that second level of the field. He's got nice burst, and he has downfield acceleration. You you question Ray Davis's acceleration ability, just go ahead and flip on the Florida game because he puts oh, that on he. display consistently. And for, for a lot of folks, that Florida game was the breakout uh, first exposure to Ray Davis. But, you know, John, you know, I'm following the SEC week in and week out, and uh, Ray Davis has been a, a staple and a producer for a lot of years now. Uh, including multiple years in the SEC. So I think that there's a lot to like about Ray Davis and another guy where, you know, you can, you, you got to project forward. You got to have a little bit of vision here when you're looking at these guys. And so when you're, you're seeing Ray Davis and you're looking at him as, as a plug-in option of an NFL team, maybe it's not year one, but if he gets his shot, John, he definitely can contribute. You can contribute at the goal line and he can contribute, you know, a pretty good, a reliable running back in between the tackles. And that's good for a flex running back at the very least. And in this running back class, that's that's a good use of your third round fantasy football pick. All right, John, moving on to our next guy here. We're going to go with Marshawn Lloyd, uh, the running back out of USC, John. And this is the running back who transferred to USC from USC, right? So why don't you go ahead and get us into the back? 
That is correct, my friend. He went from University of South Carolina to the West Coast and University of Southern California. At 5'9", 210 pounds, he was a really highly regarded prospect in high school, Matt. He was in the opening finals, the Under Armour All-American Bowl, and the Polynesian Bowl. And he was a four-star prospect, and I had been hearing a lot about him before he even arrived on a college campus. Unfortunately for all of us college fantasy fans and for the young man, he suffered a season-ending injury when he tore his left ACL on the second day of training camp, Matt, in 2020. And I remember the Twitterverse kind of going a little crazy because we were all excited about this young man. He returns to the gridiron in 2021, yet he saw limited carries. Finally, in 2022, he blasted off, Matt. He earned 111 carries for 573 yards and nine scores for the Gamecocks. Afterwards, and I was surprised by this. I think many of us in the college football universe were. were. He decided to transfer to the USC before the 2023 campaign. He established career best as a Trojan. 116 carries for 820 yards, and he added 13 catches for 232 yards and nine scores. Now, when you look at some of the numbers on the screen, if you're watching us on video, Matt, he doesn't hit some thresholds. And part of the inability to hit those thresholds is he hasn't really shown us that he can do a 220-carry load, Matt. He's never been that guy yet. And I do believe that um, GMs and scouting organ and organizations prefer the backs who've done it at a bigger workload at the college level. But he does have explosion. And as long as the medicals come out well on that knee, I like him. He's interesting. What do you think about Marshawn Lloyd, Matt? He's a fun player. You know, when you flip on the Lloyd tape, it is exciting to watch. He's twitchy. He's athletic. And so you understand a lot of folks are getting excited about it because if you put him in the right NFL offense, John, and you scheme him into space, he's got <laughs> that speed. He's got that big home run playmaker ability. Uh, so, you know, the vision, I think it's solid at times. I think it's a little inconsistent. Uh, so that is really my only worry there with Marshawn Lloyd. But, uh, John, I do think that he is a really uh, – could be a really highly – a targeted guy at the next level as well, right? I'm not, it's not a one to one, but you could see a little Rashad White in his game, and you could see an NFL team using him in a similar way. Rashad White was a much more proficient pass catcher at the college level, but yes. again, you just mentioned it with the thresholds, right? With Marshawn Lloyd, we've seen a little bit of everything, right? Like we've seen yeah. him have the ability to do it, so now it's a matter of can an NFL team put him in a situation where he can put it all together. Lloyd's going to be an interesting one because his ADP, I think, is going to be all over the place. I think in some leagues, Marshawn Lloyd will be a second-round pick because there are the Lloyd truthers out there. And in other okay. leagues, he might be around in the late third. So I think this is a really interesting guy that we're going to watch over the next couple months here. But beware because Marshawn Lloyd, his athleticism, his twitchiness, right? That's that's like highlight bait, right? So coming out of the <laughs> senior bowl or maybe the combine, this might be somebody who has his uh, stock, you know, really sore, maybe quicker than it should because he does make for really nice highlight material. All right, John. So we're going from one of the most high profile teams in the country with USC, but 
Uh, we're going to transition here because we dig deep at the rookie big board and we're going all the way down to the University of New Hampshire. All right, we're going to give it Dylan Labby. Labby? It's not Lob. We've confirmed it's not Lob. Right? <laughs> it's not Lob. It's Lobby. Take and it away. I am not related. I am not related to Dylan Lobby, even though I wish I could, because I would have been a, a much better football player than I was in high school. But from New Hampshire, 5'10, 208 pounds. He's from Long Island, New York. He played football and lacrosse in high school. Matt, what I saw on film and looking at the numbers. He is a football player. As a redshirt freshman in 2019, Matt, he led the team in all-purpose yards. He had 137 yards per game. In 2022, he finished the season as the national leader in all-purpose yards with 194, Matt, and he put together his best rushing season, 245 carries for 1,205 yards and 15 touchdowns. And once again, in 2023, he was amazing. He had 209 yards per game, all purpose. And he led the nation once again. Matt, here's where he is a football player and he can help your team. He had 30, he averaged 31.1 yards on kick returns, averaged 11.2 on punt returns. He ran for 749 yards and nine touchdowns. And Matt, I had to double check this number. I had to look at two sources because I really was stunned at this. He had 68 receptions for 699 yards and seven touchdowns. And Matt, look at the number of scores. 171 career receptions with 34% scrimmage dominator. And the film that I saw, Matt, he's a really nice pass catcher. I, I mean, he's not like you mentioned Rashad White or Najee Harris, but he does a lot of things really well out of the backfield. He can help your team. What do you think about Dylan Lobby? Yeah, John, I think you hit on a big part of it here in terms of his versatility, but starting with his running style here, I think we've got a high motor runner. You know, and I don't I don't throw that yeah. phrase around too much, but you can see uh, the way that he moves around the field. I think he can hit all three gaps. You know, I think he's got a nice build in terms of being able to work in between the tackles with decisive vision. But I do think he has enough uh, quickness. He's got good lateral agility. He's got quick feet. And that allows him to bounce to the outside with success. But you mentioned it. You see him split uh, out wide, lined up out wide as a wide receiver uh, fairly consistently. So uh, just yeah. to clarify here, you know, he does get targets out of the backfield, but in the tape that I was able to watch, he was also lining up as a wide receiver, and that was contributing to some of those receiving yards as well. After the So you mentioned it, John, good hands, but after the catch, you know, I had noted that he had good field vision. Uh, he had a little bit of elusiveness. Um, and so, you know, in terms of his running style, his pass catching style, I think it translates. My only hesitancy, I didn't see that his play strength overpowered uh, opposing defenses. It held up just fine. You know, he seeks out contact. He's willing to take guys on. But when I'm looking at an FCS guy, <laughs> I want to see him running over those defenders, right? Um, yeah. But on top of it, we talk about this. This is a rookie big board rule, right? One of our mantras that we're talking about. When you're looking at a running back or a wide receiver that you're going to draft in the fourth round, right? These, we're talking about a guy later in your rookie drafts. This is a sleeper type guy. 
you always want to look for somebody who can contribute on special teams. And you mentioned it, John. He's a good kick returner. He's a good punt returner. And yeah, and it tells you something about durability and stamina that this guy was running the ball, all right? After he was done running the ball, he didn't rotate off the field. He split out out wide. <laughs> no. And in between, he was returning punts and kicks, not just one or the other, right? And so they made a point to get this guy on the field as much as they could. And I guarantee that's a big reason why he ended up down in Mobile over some of the other FCS guys who would have had a similar opportunity. So, John, let's go ahead and, and uh, switch gears here. Uh, to Jalen Wright, the running back out of Tennessee. And I got to tell you, it's not me. It's it's not the Tennessee guy, John, that's driving the Jalen Wright hype train, but it is certainly uh, gaining a lot of momentum right now. I remember I messaged you probably about seven to 10 days ago, and I said, Matt, I found my guy at the Senior Bowl, and it's Jalen Wright. And I have to admit, he was not on my radar a month and a half ago. At 5'11 and 210 pounds, he is an explosive runner who possesses breakaway speed and strength. What caught my attention, Matt, is he's a young player. He's class of 2021. And he ended up, he's leaving school after three years. And what my radar went off and said, he must have gotten good news from the NFL, Matt, because we have a lot of older prospects at the Senior Bowl because of COVID and redshirt seasons. But this young man was in college for three years, and here he is at the Senior Bowl. That immediately told me he got a good report card that said, young man, the NFL likes you. So I said, what did I miss? Let me go back and watch the film. And Matt, I love the film. And then I plugged in the numbers. My friends, look at the screen there. There is a lot to like with this young man. 5'11", 210, as I mentioned, Matt. That's almost in that perfect window of size and speed. And then what we have is 35 10-plus yard carries by PFF. And he has 30 receptions, but we have to put it in context, Matt. Josh Heupel's system is a vertical passing game. Now, he changed it this year, and he ran the ball more than we've been used to, I think, is watching Tennessee football. He also had a running back by committee. He had a bunch of guys in that backfield. So you don't get these massive numbers by Jalen Wright, he wasn't like the Braylon Allen who will break down later in our in our series this year. A lot of things to like. As a sophomore and a true sophomore, Matt, 875 yards and scored 10 times. This is what I loved. He ranked fifth in the SEC with five carries of 30-plus yards. He was third in the SEC with two carries of 50 plus yards he's explosive and last year matt he was even much better he established career best in rushing yards with 1013 yards per 10 matt i couldn't believe this like I, again I double check 7.39 yards per carry that is that is juicy my friends he led all fbs running backs with that number he logged six 100 yard games and he had multiple runs of over 70-plus yards. Matt, I really have fallen for this young man. What do you think when you look at him? 
Yeah, when I'm watching Jalen Wright, I'm seeing a shifty runner. You know, that's the that's the word that really jumps out to me in terms of his running style. I think he works well in between the tackles. I do think he shows the ability to bounce outside uh, well when, when space is kind of blocked open to him over to the side of the field. Uh, you know, when I'm looking at Wright, I'm seeing a decisive runner. I think he anticipates uh, space very well into the second level of the field, which I think is, is definitely a positive. You know, I wouldn't call him the most uh, physically dominating runner, but he he seeks out contact. He's willing to drop his shoulder, uh, and he's got good contact balance uh, when he does take contact. So he can absorb it, and he can keep moving forward. So, you know, Jalen Wright to me, John, it's not one of these guys where when you watch his film, it just pops out to you and says, you know, this, this guy's going to be a star in the NFL. But, you know, some of these guys, you watch three games, you watch four games of film, and that consistency starts to show up. You start to appreciate their tape a little bit. And I do think this is a guy that an NFL team is going to appreciate. They're going to want him to be a part of that committee. Uh, and whenever you have a running back, as long as he sees the field consistently, you mm-hmm. never know what that could turn into in terms of fantasy value. So he's definitely somebody who uh, you mentioned is, for a good reason, is getting that groundswell of momentum. You know, outside shot, he ends up with some day two draft capital. And if that happens, his stock will certainly skyrocket. Uh, John, we're going to take a little trip down to the Sun Belt or the Fun Belt here. We got a couple stops, uh, starting with a guy that we have talked about a lot from the college fantasy football side of the world here uh, with uh, Rasheen Ali. But, John, before we get into Rasheen Ali, I want to make sure if you're watching on YouTube, if you're tuning into the video version, uh, please drop a comment. You know, ask us a question about any of these guys. We love having that back and forth discussion, whether it be a senior bowl running back or ask us any question related to your rookie drafts this year. That's, you know, the reason we do this to have that back and forth uh, discussion for you. And make sure you're subscribed to the Rookie Big Board YouTube channel because, as John alluded to, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface yet. We have over 40 rookie profiles. In John, uh, as a special this year, in addition to the rookie profiles, We're going to have each week, I'm going to be doing a bonus rookie profile that's available just to rookie big board patrons. It's it's one of my guys who I think is flying under the radar, a sleeper candidate. You know, the type of guy, John, that I would have talked about in that Puka Nakua territory last year, there's going to be a bonus profile. And if you want to get access to those profiles, you can join us over at patreon.com slash rookie big board. But, John, without any further ado, let's get into Rasheen Ali. Matt, he fits the body type and style of an NFL back. 6'0 and 209 pounds. My only concern, sometimes when I'm watching him, I said to myself, how athletic is he? Like, I just, I'm not really sure against Sun Belt defenders. Because there's no question that he has a lot of attributes that look like an NFL back. And I went back, and he's a two-star prospect. And usually that tells us there's a limit on his athleticism. So the senior bowl and the combine are going to, or pro day, depending on where he goes, are very important in my book, what is going to be his final value. He exploded three years ago with 250 carries, Matt, for 1,401 yards. And here's what I love. 45 receptions for 334 yards, Matt. 
He is a pass catcher. He's a three-down back. He was first-team Conference USA and Football Writers of America freshman All-American. 2022, we drafted him very highly in CFF leagues. Unfortunately, he suffered a knee injury, and he missed 10 games. He returned for the final three, and he did have 47 carries for 270 yards. Last year, Matt, he bounced back big time. Over 200 carries for over 1,100 yards. He also had 28 catches for 213 yards and 16 touchdowns. He was named second team all Sun Belt. Matt, there's a lot to like about this young man, but I did leave the film with more questions than answers. What do you think about Rasheen Ali? Yeah, I think you said it well. You know, you could see solid contact balance in his game. You could see solid vision in his game. If he gets uh, a, a good amount of space around him, his downfield acceleration is great. You know, he has that downfield ability. I think he's solid in pass protection. I think NFL teams are going to appreciate that. I think he's got a solid amount of burst to his game. But, John, we talk about this all the time with the running backs. I do hesitate with guys who who are a lot of solid at the running back position. You want to see that standout trait that's going to help them, you know, really uh, elevate into a role in an NFL offense. But I'm not sure that we see that on Rasheen Ali's tape, but that's the point of the Senior Bowl. We'll have the ability uh, to see that. So I'm hoping over the course of the week in Mobile, Rasheen Ali is able to show us a little bit more uh, than what's on film right now, because right now it's good film. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to hype up just to hype up here. I think we do need to see a little bit more from him uh, before we get too excited. And, John, I got to be honest, the next guy, he falls into a similar category for me, and that is Kamani Vidal, the running back out of Troy. Matt, 5'8", 215 pounds. And I will say this, this man packs a punch. I'm telling you, if he was 6 feet, 225 pounds, he might be a first-round pick with the way he plays. I just really like the film, but I do wonder, again, what is the top-level athleticism? But I did like the way he runs the football. He was in the top 65 running backs in the country in high school, and he was a three-star player by 24-7 sports in the state of Georgia. There's a lot to like here. And he had an impressive freshman campaign, Matt, with over 516 yards and four touchdowns. He averaged 3.83 yards after contact as a freshman, Matt. He does have that bowling ball whack. Like, he whacks you, he bounces off you, he remains on his feet, and he keeps going. I mean, there are things I like about this. Fast forward to 2022, he's second team all Sun Belt, 1,132 yards and 10 touchdowns. Last year, first team all Sun Belt, 1,661 yards and 18 carries. Matt, what he brings to the table, 92 catches for 700 yards and a touchdown. I really like him, but level of competition and size might be a factor. He looks like a rotational back and a contributor. What do you think about him? Yeah, I like your bowling ball analogy. Because oh, man. 
I, I do, you know, I find he's a little slow off the line of scrimmage and then he'll just kind of go <laughs> like in, in that vision for me. It's not there because, you know, no. oftentimes he can run a guy over, but sometimes he's not really meaning to, you know, I don't really see that he finds cutback lanes very well. Uh, and so I think that's my biggest hesitation when it comes to Kamani Vidal, uh, because if you're if you're not able to feel space well in the Sun Belt. Uh, it's not getting any uh, any more open in the NFL, right? That's a big jump. And we've seen uh, guys with good tape struggle with that jump from the Sun Belt to the NFL. So uh, I definitely appreciate that physicality. I definitely appreciate the contact balance that he puts onto tape, the, the willingness to be physical. Uh, and then, but overall, I do struggle to get too excited about Kamani Vidal, but I got to tell you, John, the next guy that we're going to talk about, I did not expect to get excited watching his tape in the way that I did, but I was a big fan uh, after watching Jawar Jordan, the running back out of Louisville. He might be one of the biggest risers in the past season. I mean, he became a legitimate CFF starter. He's a redshirt senior, 5'10 and 185 pounds, so he doesn't necessarily have the weight that we ideally would like in our backs he did come into college in 2018 so he's been he's been around for a while he was in the top prospects in arizona and he was the number 13 all-purpose running back in the nation what surprised me is he traveled north all the way to syracuse new york and in two seasons at syracuse he only earned 44 carries so there's not much to see on the syracuse tape But luckily for us and for himself, he transferred to Louisville. And his second year on campus, he led the team in rushing with 815 yards. But last year, he finally exceeded what any person thought he could do with 1,128 yards rushing and 13 touchdowns. Matt, he had a career best, 21 catchers for 246 yards and a touchdown. I know you like him, so what do you want the viewers to know when you broke down the film? Yeah, Jordan, he's explosive. He darts around the field. I feel like that's the best word to describe it. Uh, He is fluid. He's got good lateral uh, movement ability. I love his ability to hit that second level of the field. I think he's decisive. I think he's got clean vision. I, I, and he's uh, elusive, John, in open space, and he is slippery in tight space as well. I think he contributes very well to the passing game, as you alluded to there with those stats. And what I love about Jordan, you know, you mentioned it, he's undersized. There's no doubt about it. He's a buck 85, but watch the tape, folks. He's physical, man. He's willing to get in there, he's willing to scrap it up. He was their goal line running back. Go watch the Kentucky tape. He drags a pile of Kentucky defenders forward over the goal line. Uh, So, John, my comp from him, you know I don't like comps. I don't like throwing out comps a lot. This is Kenny Gainwell, but physical. I mean, we have some real upside here with Jawar Jordan. Uh, So I'm, I'm excited about him, and I think you've correctly identified him as somebody who's going to be a riser over the draft process. You do your rookie drafts today? He's going to go undrafted in a four-round rookie draft. When you do your rookie drafts in May, he's going to have a third-round rookie ADP. And if he doesn't, he's going to be on my roster, all right, <laughs> each and every one of them, that's for sure. But, John, another guy who will be a high-priority selection for me when it comes to rookie draft time 
is Isaiah Davis, the running back out of South Dakota. I watched him last year. I thought he would declare early, even coming from the FCS. I thought he was ready for the NFL. I watched more of his tape this year. And John, I got to tell you, nobody has this much business watching this much FCS tape, but it is worth it because Isaiah Davis is a guy who I am going to be rallying behind for the next few months. I have no problem watching Jack Rabbit's tape. I've probably seen a lot over the last couple of years. Um, and I do believe they were undefeated. I know they won the F- FCS championship this year. And Isaiah yeah. Davis was the offense and pop. Now, they had a good quarterback, too. But Isaiah Davis is the guy who led the offense to me on a, on a down-by-down basis. 6'1 and 200 pounds, Matt. He was the Missouri Gatorade Player of the Year in high school in back-to-back seasons in 2019 and 2020. He arrives on South Dakota during COVID, and finally he gets on the field, and he has immediately, as a freshman, 103 touches. He is named the Hero Sports FCS Freshman All-American team. I like that when you see early production and coaches are happy to give him the football. But finally, in 2022, he really becomes on the radar of of draft scouts and the NFL community. 249 carries, 1,451 yards, and 15 touchdowns, Matt. 21 catches for 173 yards. And I agree with you. I had seen a little buzz, heard a little bit of chirping, but he goes back. Matt, he was even better last year. 236 carries. For more yardage, 1,578 and 18 touchdowns. He also had 23 catches for 199 yards and a score. He was named the Missouri Valley Football Conference Offensive Player of the Year for the National Champions. Matt, the the Senior Bowl and the Combine are very important for this young man. He is a football player. I want to see him against higher-level competition. In those one-on-one pass blocking, let's see what his speed is. But Matt, tell me why you like Isaiah Davis. Yeah, you got to love that frame he's working with, right? That's NFL size. That's an NFL frame. He's bursty off the line of scrimmage. I think he slices through the defense. He's got seamless cutback lanes. He sees space. He hits space. It's something I really appreciate from a running back. You get to that second level of the field, John, and there is that second gear, that downfield play ability, that home run threat ability. And he's physical. I mean, he runs over defenders. I mean, guys literally bounce off him. So when I'm talking about, you know, how do you pull a guy out of an FCS film? Well, when he's running over guys, when he's showing that level of contact balance, that level of physicality, seeking out contact, wanting contact, having that contact balance, that to me is a a suggestion, an indication that he can translate successfully to the next level. And John, one thing I really appreciated about his tape is when Isaiah Davis wasn't running the ball, they would often use him as a lead blocker as well. And he was willing to get in there, scrap, take guys on. You know, it's it's not just about the glory. He's willing to get dirty. He's willing to, uh, you know, uh, open up some space for a teammate as well. And you better believe an NFL team is going to care about that. And John, I need to make a quick correction. I let off. I said he's South Dakota, South Dakota State. I know that's a big uh, differentiation at the FCS level here. So South Dakota State, 
We're a big we're a big fan of the Jackrabbits on this podcast. All right, so I, I didn't want to get that wrong. But John, why don't you take us home here with our final player, and that's Amani Bailey out of TCU. 5'9", 207 pounds. And like many of the players, Matt, on our tape today, he also transferred schools. He enrolled at Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns coming out of high school. And second year on campus, he finally saw significant playing time. And if you remember, the Raging Cajuns had Billy Napier, who's now the coach of Florida. He was on that team. And Napier with the Raging Cajuns had a complex backfield. They usually had three runners, Matt, at any given time. So he sheared the backfield with Montrell Johnson, who followed Napier to Florida, and a young man named Chris Smith, who was pretty good. He ended up with 102 carries for 642 yards and eight touchdowns. When Napier left, Bailey decided to leave TCU and he, or sorry, decided to leave Louisiana and go to TCU. In 2022, he played behind Kendra Miller and he really didn't get that many carries or touches, Matt. He took over the backfield duties last year. He had 223 attempts, so he had the big load, 1,209 yards, and he scored eight times. In two seasons for the Horn Frogs, he averaged 5.7 yards per carry on 254 attempts. He did catch 32 passes for 227 yards and a touchdown in the purple and black. Amani Bailey, I never was blown away by him. I felt he was a competent runner, but he's got this invite, so there must be people and scouts who like his tape. Matt, what do you think about Imani Bailey landing in Mobile here? Yeah, you know, John, I think this is a great example of a player who's never been able to really be the guy in his offense, right? But clearly has caught the eye of coaching staffs, you know, as he's played through in these different roles on these different teams. And clearly he's caught this the eye of, of NFL scouts, right? Or else he wouldn't be in Mobile. So, you know, for me, this is one of the guys where if I had to pick out the, the best nine running backs that are eligible for the Senior Bowl, he wouldn't be in the top nine. But I'm not an NFL evaluator, John, right? So, I, you know, I am excited for these guys who I wouldn't have picked out to see, you know, what's the juice? What's the squeeze? There's something there, right? And so that's a big part of the Senior Bowl, too. You know, we don't go in here acting like we know 100% about every one of these players. And so Amani Bailey is definitely going to be somebody who I'm excited to uncover a little bit more and hopefully get excited about, you know, by the time the Senior Bowl week is over in Mobile. And, John, you better believe there is a lot to be excited about here on the Rookie Big Board channel. You're going to want to make sure you're subscribed. And, again, you're going to want to make sure you're getting access to that personalized roster advice, draft advice, trade advice over in the Rookie Big Board Discord. The link to join will be in the episode description. Whether you're watching or whether you're listening, you're going to want to join us over at patreon.com slash rookie big board. And, John, next up is the Senior Bowl quarterbacks. We'll see you then.